Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 176. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Tony Katz. Yes, we do. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And the off-road noodle king, Andy. The noodle place. <laughs> well, you're the noodle king. The name of the place I just stuffed myself of their food. And I'm podcasting on a full stomach. Hey, me too. I had sous vide sirloin, so stuffed as hell but the show must go on uh, definitely yeah yeah and uh, so thank you for tuning in hit that subscribe button and share with a friend also check out our sports podcast you won't want to miss it but uh yeah let's just kick things off we still have coronavirus it's still around um and some places more so than others andy um, definitely the southern part of the united states so not not just the south but also the southwest so that means here in California, Arizona, Texas, uh, but also, yeah, Louisiana, Georgia, Florida. Basically, the places that didn't have it before now, it's now their have time? it, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, oh. So today in California, 6,500 new cases. So a world record for California. Whoa. Okay. So that's not uh, exactly great, but also at the same time, the deaths haven't been accelerating because I think one of the big reasons is that they're saying it's the young people getting it. Yeah, because the, the young kids are, are over this. Because now that they opened up the bars back up, all the young yeah. guys, myself included, all the young just the young dudes. guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the young people. I'm sorry, <laughs> are all out in like bars and stuff. And I mean, you're seeing. Uh, so for the first time now, I can actually say that I actually now personally know a few people that have gotten it now. Uh, two of my friends, female friends, that are actually like very close to me. One like in my inner circle of friends. Have gotten it, but then uh, another buddy of mine, Andy's roommate, actually tested him, got tested, and he was the one that's even closer with those girls. And thankfully, he tested negative because if he would have tested positive, I honestly probably would have gotten went and got tested myself because I've been around him a lot. But he probably tested positive for other things, though. Yeah, so we actually made that joke too. It's funny you say that because he said like they took his blood, and I'm like, oh, that was for something else. And I sent this pretty funny gif that said. Uh, that was just a piece of paper that said, do you have herpes? And I said, yes or no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's funny. But, uh, yeah, so, and uh, one of my buddies, uh, his stepbrother, he uh, was at a bar in uh, Costa Mesa called Social over, like, two weekends ago. And apparently they had a big outbreak, so he went and got tested. And even though he had, like, no symptoms of anything, he ended up being positive also. So it's, you know, certain places, I guess. People weren't wearing their masks, clearly. I mean, if yeah. you're supposed to wear a mask in a bar, or are you just like, fuck no. it, I'm already fucked. Right? No, well, that, I mean, how do you wear it if you're, you're going to be drinking or eating in the yeah. place? They don't require. Yeah. So, Andy, to ask you yeah. to answer that really quick, when I was in Laguna a couple weekends ago, there was only one bar there, the Marine Room, that, uh, that we went to that did pass out masks and check your temperature. And uh, so they checked our temperature, which they checked it by like pointing the thing at my ha- our hands. Which I found out the other day is actually one of the newer ways they're doing stuff. Because supposedly it's supposed to be like kind of a more accurate reading, I guess. Which I don't know. Yeah. But Only one of the bars you've gone to, it was checked your temperature? So far, yeah. I mean, I, with that, I haven't been to that yeah, many How many bars. have you been to? So since all this happened, I would say, obviously, our local bar, which I've been to. Uh, and they don't. They don't. The Marine Room, it did. But we were at Hennessy out there, which doesn't. Or didn't at least. And then we went to one other bar in Newport. So I've only been to a couple bars since like this all opened back up. Because 
it was really all opened up back up like three three weekends ago or so, two weekends, four weekends ago, I guess. Does that seem like a tall order to ask to do temperature? Does that seem like it should be done? It's very quick. Like I got in just as fast. Take, taking the temperature is uh, faster than having you them check your ID. Because when they check your ID, they, everybody wants it to be fake. Everybody's looking at you like every bouncer, like, all right, just know that uh, this could have been fake even though you're 29. It just seems like that should be first order of business. Yeah, but at the Marine Room, they checked their temperature VR hand, which I thought was interesting, but still, it was like, whatever. And then uh, they uh, did hand out masks and basically said to us, like, when you're ordering and when you're at the bar top, wear them. But other than that, obviously, like, you're fine because it's... Can you cheat that temperature test? Hold Put an ice cube on your you wrist You got a Slurpee something? with you at all times, and then you're like, oh, I'm ready. Because <laughs> I usually have Slurpees. My God, you're 66 degrees. <laughs> that was the funny thing when I did, uh, when I first got my temperature taken at a place for being able to only be allowed in for COVID was at a dialysis center when I went with my uncle. And when she first checked mine, it was like 93 something. She's like, Oh no, wait, never mind." And I was like, yeah, that can't be true. And then ended up being like 97 something or whatever I was 98, but normal, but it was just, so funny. you're not a lizard person, a lizard person. Yeah. What are lizard people there. usually at lower than that? They should be cold blooded, right? Lizard people. Is there really yeah. people out there that are like that? They're an this, is this the first time you've heard about the lizard people? Huh, it's people that are like 96 degrees or something. No, it's a conspiracy that like the whole government's run by oh, lizard people. Jim Morrison stuff isn't. Wasn't Jim Morrison like the <laughs> I don't lizard? know. He, didn't make he was that like one the up. lizard king, I thought, or maybe that's Lisa Simpson. He is that. the lizard king. I he think can do anything. Thing. Lisa Simpson, I know, says she's the lizard king. No, lizard people—they run the government in their secret society of non-humans because okay, they're no, lizard people. I don't, I'm oh not boy. Into that. And he has coronavirus, so that's why he's not thinking properly. It's like mixing sci-fi and Illuminati together. It's mm-hmm. a very cool conspiracy. It is cool. Right. Yeah, so beware and just wash your hands and all of that. Um, you know what I'm also realizing I forgot to put on this list, and we'll get to it now. Uh, Apple Keynote was on right? Tuesday, yes. two days ago as you're listening to this. And uh, just a couple of main takeaways. The new operating system for the phone, pretty good. You can... This is a big deal for Andy. Move widgets around your screen from your widget screen. I love widgets. Yeah. Uh, so that part's cool. Also, just uh, little things um, more convenient. Uh, one thing that I thought was like, well, this is from the original Apple. With the Apple Pencil, on the more so on the iPad, you can write things down and it turns your handwriting into text. Cutting edge technology. Probably couldn't turn my handwriting into text. I'm pretty sure. Couldn't the Lisa do that? Maybe. The first yeah. Mac. With the mouse, the first mouse. Uh, so I just was waiting for memes, but I haven't seen anything about that. Um, but the watch side of things, they've added sleep tracking. This is going as far back as the Apple Watch 3 and up uh, upward. Um, so basically, it'll just monitor your sleep patterns and tell you how well you sleep. I need this. I've been tired for 10 years. Uh, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that part. Also... I don't need this thing, but maybe for kids, but kids shouldn't be wearing an Apple Watch. It tells you how long you need to wash your hands. So it'll pick up the vibrations and the motions of hand washing and display on the screen a countdown in bubbles of 30 seconds. And it'll tell you you're doing a good job. And if you stop early, it'll say, hey, maybe rethink that I need that, that for like when I brush my teeth, I think. 
Well, my toothbrush does it for me. That's true. So that's pretty soon Apple Watch. You know you're supposed to be brushing your teeth for two minutes? Yeah. 30 seconds an area? That's insane. No one does that without the machine telling you to do that. The dentist will tell you to do it for 10 minutes consecutive. 10 minutes? Tennis? What did you say? The dentists. Oh, I thought he said the tennis. The dentists. I just don't speak very clearly. We're going to have to replay those tapes, but I'm pretty sure you said tennis. (laughs) Too much goddamn rice in my stomach. It's hard. (laughs) No, the... 10 minutes successive. Yeah, well, the dentist will tell you, really, what they'll tell you is, like, you need to brush after every meal. Yeah. Uh, although I do read that it's good not to. I've heard, that. well, what I've heard, too. You don't want to not floss every day. That's because the thing. then it gets, like, concrete in your system so I've heard and you're from dead. my dentist is that you want to floss. Flossing's more important than brushing, actually. Because she said a lot of times, like, yeah, brushing is good, but it's, like, when you drink water and stuff throughout the day, a lot of times that, like flushes stuff out but it's it's getting inside like in between your teeth is what's more important coronavirus lives in the teeth i just want a new jaw in, including teeth like jaws from yeah, 007 just, just replace it mm. why you I could want, you can get those fake teeth like i want i want to be like a t800 oh i was thinking more like steve harvey you have just faith, oh okay like like he's not a terminator <laughs> it could be uh i don't we're like, way off topic we we're talking about apple um those are the main kind of takeaways. They're making some improvements to AirPod Pros. Um, if you're going to watch a movie wearing your AirPod Pros, it's going to be like home theater surround sound now. Yeah, you get that. Whoa. Okay, that seems a little too loud just for right in your ears. It's not volume necessarily. It's how it it's delivers gonna the sound. It's going to angle and have directional sound hmm. within your AirPods, which is insane if you think about. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that already exists. A lot of places do that, but that's really impressive on, on in the pods. Uh, yeah, an in-ear thing. So only on AirPod Pros, by the way, not regular AirPods. Um, those are the main like takeaways that I really thought were good. All in all, it was cool. Um, so there you go. And then we'll be talking about new iPhones and hardware in September. This is not the hardware release. Uh, it's always software in June. Okay, let's move on to uh, TV movie stuff. Let's start things <laughs> off. Chris D'Elia, Andy, what do you know about him? He is a comedian who's been on TV quite a bit. Um, he's also on the internet and stuff. I think you, even if you don't know him, you're probably like, oh, I've seen that guy's face. Uh, he got into some trouble this past week when uh, some people came forward and said that he uh, has had some inappropriate behavior towards them when they were minors. So uh, it seems like he has... Uh, he likes to try to have sex on the road, which probably assumed for a lot of comedians are trying to do that. And uh, he's always, you know, privately corresponding with girls, making his plans. And uh, some of them happen to be underage. And um, it's been an interesting week for him. Whether It's something where he's, he's a comedian, and in that world, you can get away with more. And so I think it is, it is kind of fascinating to see what's going to really happen you know, six months down the line, what's going to happen in his career? Because... I mean, it's not um, like he was Louie. Like, he doesn't have a TV show to get canceled, does he? No, but he does. He does I his mean, stand-up st- specials on Netflix. Stand-up's his thing. I mean, yeah. I never thought he was that funny. I never really listened to him much either, but... I've only seen him on a roast, I think. Stand-up is his, like, his income. Because that's the point, is he doesn't he have, He does like, podcasts. He does... Yeah, he's always on <laughs> other people's podcasts. I think he has, he has his own. He does have... He does appear on TV shows. Um, one of the... the ironic parts of the story is that he was on the season two of you the show about the uh the stalker who's always looking into mm-hmm. girls and find out their background but in this last season he was actually investigating this guy 
because he was a stand-up comedian who um, was uh, drugging like teenage girls and Whoa. raping them. And uh, this is not the allegation in this case, but it was strange to be like, why did you not see a problem with that? If you were engaged in some inappropriate behavior, why would you put yourself in that role? Because of a paycheck? Yeah. Well, and also, Exposure. like Kevin Spacey liked to work with younger yeah. But people. the other part of it is, I think it might prove, I don't want to say innocence, but at least that this is more negligence than anything. Um, that, of course, his defense is, I didn't know, I didn't know they were underage. And, he's, and there is some proof that... When he did ask the age of one of the girls and she told him like she was 17, he's like, no, thanks. Go away. So I think he knew better. Yeah. But there's still a weird line here that why is if you are 10 days before you turn 18, that's gross and a problem. But if she was 10 days past 18, it's totally cool. Yeah. So it just it's a weird thing. Is it totally cool for a 40 year old man to be trying to fuck 19 year olds on the road? Yeah. It, that's creepy, too. Yeah. And no, I agree. I, I'm actually like glad you brought that up because that is true. Because it's it's almost like it's like a mind thing of oh well she's 18 it's fine but you're right it's like let's say she's seven like you just said she's 17 her birthday's July 10th but it's like okay he meets her on July 14th where she's now 18 but hey less than a week ago she was 17 but now magically it's okay it's not yeah. weird all of a sudden that a 40 year old is hooking up with an 18 year old it's like no it's gonna be weird all the way up until she's at least like 20 like something late yeah. 20s I, I think. <laughs> A good shorthand rule is if you can drink at a bar legally, then yeah, you can actually start considering them. Uh, but yeah, so I, even if he, it shows that he had no, there was no illegal behavior here. He could still be. Um, I don't want to say canceled because that's such an overused term now, but he yeah. faced some repercussions. They said his agency dropped him already. That doesn't mean he will never work again. Um, there, there is a weird thing where I think some people are upset. Uh, Louis C.K. is kind of irrelevant, but he also still works. He still does his comedy. Yeah, he hit the comedy store. He didn't, he didn't have to kill whatever. himself or anything like that. He's allowed to live and actually still do his job, but just not as high profile. And some people hate that. And also some people think he should be he should be totally allowed to do everything and be, you know, not... He, he served his time, and there's some people think he hasn't served enough time. It's just... Um, so one of my favorite moments in uh, the Louis show is the intro to, I don't know the episode, but a guy in a tux playing the violin in the subway. And like there's no one really around. It seems like it's really late at night or something. And uh, just people kind of passing through. No one's really paying attention to him. And then in comes this down the stairs, this homeless guy. Do you know the scene I'm talking about, Andy? He's carrying yeah. like two big bucket, like uh, drums of water and a tarp. And he takes off his clothes, puts the tarp down, starts taking a bath right behind this guy playing. It's like, that's the beauty and realism of New York City, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, it's I know. elegant and disgusting all at the same time. I'll never forget that scene. It was very funny. Uh, but yeah, um, don't be a pervert. Yeah. So there, the question is, like, how acceptable is it? How much should he be punished in? Because... Did he actually commit a crime? But does it matter that he committed a crime? He still did something not great. It's just well, one of those gray areas in life. It's it's really up to you whether you want to accept It's also accept weird because other countries, like the age of consent is like 14. There's still states here, I believe, where it's under 18. Is that true? I think so. Hmm. So that's um, also weird. It's like, why is it okay there? Yeah. Be like, hey, I'm going to do a show in St. Louis. 
I know you live in Illinois, but drive over to St. Louis and it'll be totally <laughs> cool. Like that would be fucking horrible, but it would be legal. <laughs> you need to have yeah. the like their managers. And I don't know if Missouri has that. That was just an example. Okay. They need to have their managers or agencies like just run them through a course of like, here, don't do this ever. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't even. I mean, think that's about the other this. thing. You don't not. You do not need to risk it like that. Like, you can, like, stick to twenty three to twenty seven. That's plenty young. Come on, buddy. Like, what are you doing? Like, is it really that much of a difference? Well, we've got him on the phone now. He so. needed you as a life coach, Andy. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Come on, son. Go fuck those twenty three year old <laughs> girls, huh? <laughs> Stay away uh, from the 18-year-olds. There's also a clip of him. I think it was on Joe Rogan or something where they're talking about how you can actually save, save Snapchats. And they show him like, he's like, just really scared by that statement. And I was like, oh, shit. He's, he's sent some bad things. How old is he? He shouldn't even be using that app. He's 40. Yeah, he's like 40 or he's something. Literally, he's literally 40 on the nose. I just looked. Because wow. I was going to say, because what I looked also is that... uh. The guy from you, the lead guy, did come out and when he, he had a, they all, everybody has to obviously respond. If you've worked with him in the last like eight months, you have to say something. And he just said it was troubling, which is like, yeah, I mean, but I mean, who knows? I mean, I'm not going to, I don't know how well they, much they work together in that show or whatever, but you know, it's almost oh, kind of like. I'd say all their scenes were together. <laughs> yeah. So I'm saying like, but you know, it's, you know, off the air and stuff like that. Like I. You know, if they kicked it or anything like that or were around and talked a lot, it's like you can you can kind of quickly gauge like when somebody's off camera who they really are and if they're like a little bit of a strange person, especially if you're out in public with them like a bar or something. But I don't know. It doesn't surprise yeah. me, though. Like I was saying really quickly, one last thing about it is that, you know, a lot of these comedians that are comedians that are like dirty and stuff, you know, you, you, re- you realize it does come from somewhere. Like these people are like real life. Some of them are real life perverts and stuff and a lot of their dirty sense of humor and stuff dark sense of humor comes from a real place so you know it doesn't surprise me too much but uh i think one thing we know for sure is those netflix uh specials are done yeah yeah i think so at least for the time being i, I haven't heard that they've been pulled or anything but i, I guess Aziz Azari got one back after he was accused of his, like, his thing was never he was never accused of something like that it was kind of like oh uh, he was kind of a pig when i date i did, went on a date with him yeah and it's like and yeah, he never really like know. fully apologized either. He kind of like danced around an apology. Yeah. I remember that was like the thing too is when he kind of apologized, people were like, that wasn't even an apology. And it's like, well, maybe he's not sorry. Yeah, I think the whole situation, he took a girl out on a date and then they went back to his apartment and he's like basically prepared to have sex. And she's yeah. like, no. And he's like, well, I'm Aziz Ansari. Like, what? And yeah, Tony, his name is Ansari. So does what? he actually so, have to say? Oh, it's in the name? I don't think that counts. Um... <laughs> uh, Okay, let's move off of that and uh, into some sad news. Joel Schumacher passed away at the age of 80. So, you know, good long run. He uh, obviously was responsible for uh, directing some fantastic films, including Falling Down. Yeah. You ever see that? Michael Douglas, I've seen like cable versions of it, so I probably need to see a real version someday. It is spectacular. You Uh, should have told me he did The Lost Boys. Yeah. He did the Lost Boys, Batman and Robin, Phone Booth. He's so, a House of Cards, a couple episodes. Yeah, he is a it's a Hollywood lifer, a guy who's been around forever. Number twenty three, Tony. Done a lot of different things. They said he started in costume design. Yeah, um, uh, this is interesting. Uh, he went to the same college as my girlfriend. Yeah, Parsons. Where? In New York, School of Design. Oh, that's cool. So, I thought he meant like high school. I was like, what? Parcels? Parcels. <laughs> what is it called? Parsons. Parsons. 
it's also nice to see someone who worked in Hollywood for so long and I believe not have any uh, allegations against them. And uh, he's been openly gay for like a long time and it's just been... Well, that's why he didn't have any allegations against them. Because no guy's yeah. going to care if you're 15 years old having sex with a 48-year-old. <laughs> that's not the point I was trying to make. <laughs> no, is it but no, he, he's, he's definitely had an interesting career, some, some good movies, some really bad ones. So that's what I tweeted that... Uh, you can ignore Batman and Robin. Yes, it was horrible, but he he did a, horrible, he did a lot of good. Horrible, but Batman is Batman. It was perfect for our age. I mean, it was 97. Is that the one with so, the Two-Face and the Riddler? And no, he, he did both of them. So Batman and Robin is the really bad one with George Clooney. Yeah, Arnold like Schwarzenegger, Mr. No, no. Freeze. Oh, Mr. Freeze, okay. Which so one had Two-Face two face and the Riddler was Val Kilmer. That's Batman Forever, which I don't think was good, but is actually... It's okay. It's better than the Mr. Freeze one. So that, G- that Jim one Carrey was, that was terrible, but we're seven years old when it came also, out. Also, it's got that one had like the weak Bane in it, pretty much. Like it was Bane, yeah. but well, not they the pumped him up. Bane. Yeah, it was this yeah. skinny guy, and really, then it got roided. It out. was ironic though, because that was what you said, like '97. That one came out because yeah. that was around the time that was what was going on in baseball. Yeah, <laughs> that was right around that season, the '98. You know, it was Mark McGuire that was Bane. Yeah, when he was pumped up. <laughs> Actually, Sammy Sosa would have been more so the one because once Sammy Sosa got caught, his home runs went from like 60 to like 15, and then he got caught cheating again yeah with the cork bat we'll get yeah. into that later because actually that might actually be something that i was what i was watching oh I you watch the thing okay. watching yeah. some old sports um yeah so batman forever had some cool things jim carrey i thought was great he was great definitely that's a moment thing where jim carrey was the biggest star in the world for that two-year stretch and he he posted something showing like this was you know him with him recently saying this is my friend from for so long that he's been a big part of my career so yeah i don't know how much he was working you said he did some house of cards so i'm not sure what those last movie was but uh i'll tell you what it, it was um oh so house of cards even was 2013 uh just two episodes and then uh trespass 2011 don't even know that one man in the mirror was a short 12 yeah i hadn't heard any of these Nonetheless, he will be missed. Yeah, solid career. Um, exactly. I love I love the Lost Boys. That's forever. I mean, yeah, I remember that movie. Oh, oh yeah, that was a good one. Okay, uh, so coronavirus is messing up everything, and uh, it's messing up season two of the Righteous Gemstones. Season. Yeah. So season oh, two. Yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, I got confused with Uncut Gems. I was like, I don't think there's gonna be a season two of that. <laughs> Righteous gemstones. Yeah. Is it messing? Ah, I literally was asking this to someone the other but day. I was like, "There is some good news." Yeah, because I was going to say to someone the other day, like, I wonder if so many like shows or movies are going to be like interrupted. Oh but yeah. Anyway, I apologize. Let's Andy, because there won't be they won't be able to do a season two this year. Uh, Danny McBride is writing a Christmas special, so they're able to oh, put something out this year. Boy. So that's I wish it was a Halloween special. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got the he, movie. So he, yeah, and he loves Christmas specials. I mean, he did it for uh, actually Christmas, down. Christmas specials yeah. are funnier than. Uh, Halloween specials. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. I think that's that'll be on HBO. Oh yeah, yeah. Or that, Netflix. There's a lot of opportunity for that. To yeah, be that'll great. be good. Yeah, yeah. He's a funny guy. Okay. Uh, next up, Andy. I hope you have more on this than me. Michael Keaton returning for there, Batman. There are rumors that Michael Keaton will be returning as Batman to some sort of Batman movie. Uh, the rumor right now is Flashpoint, which is a, a Flash movie. Yes. So um, I've watched the Flashpoint animated movie. It's it's really good if you like any of that stuff. It's really silly, but it's also incorporates like every DC character. It's basically the Flash. He's so fast he can actually run back into time, 
and he goes back into time and makes sure his mom never gets killed and he goes back forward into time and it's a whole new timeline in that story uh bruce wayne was murdered and thomas wayne because he wants to now fight crime to avenge his murdered son he becomes batman so I'm wondering if that's the angle they're going. Because obviously Michael Keaton is at least Pretty in his old, 60s. Yeah. So I don't know if he's going to play Bruce Wayne. But also, if it, you're messing with time, you could really do anything. So it's certainly possible he is Bruce Wayne as Batman. Um, but what, what a great idea. Bring him back. I think everyone wants to see that. It's almost 70. Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, who doesn't love Michael Keaton after all? And okay. I, th- I think it, the more and more we've gotten Batmans, I think everyone like that's underappreciated. Like that was Batman's probably my favorite superhero. I'm just saying, just because of the Christopher Nolan one, that Michael Keaton performance are, that was good. That that's like that was so, especially because we just talked about the other Batmans. Yeah. We're just not as good, mm-hmm. even if we like the toys and shit like that. Like you'd always want to go back to the Jack Nicholson movie or Danny DeVito. Like yeah, DeVito. I don't know. Michael Keaton, the Penguin. Yeah, Michael Keaton gets credit for those movies as well, but. Those movies had uh, something special to release for me. Mm. Well, we'll see where that takes off. Um, moving on down the list, we have John Stewart directing a new movie, and uh, it's a sequel to Head of State, starring Chris Rock. No, wait, no, that's not right. What am I looking at? Irresistible, the movie, and uh, Steve Carell, and I-, I don't know if you've seen the trailer. I didn't watch the trailer, but yeah, I know what it's why. about. It's head of state. Yeah, I know it's Steve Carell and Rose Byrne, and it's about a small-time election that uh, the like professionals have to get involved in. I think, is it Steve Carell that's running for mayor or something like that? No, he's the guy that makes he's the advisor. Yeah. yeah. So I know it reminds me of uh, that Will Ferrell one was actually not bad with uh, Zach Galifianakis where they're oh, running for oh. Is that the debate? Yeah, the debate. I think that's what yeah. it was called. About welcome to Moops Mooseport. <laughs> that was a different one, but yeah, the same. That's thing. Ray Romano. That was a similar concept. Yeah, I like the Gene part, Hackman. It's the part in that where it's Zach Galifianakis, his like guy who's like his campaign manager, or whatever. Just like that one white dude. He's just in like the <laughs> a lot of white dudes out there. He's in the. There's that scene though where he's just in the shower and then he ends up like going in there, like or ends up being in there with. I don't know. It's just like funny. Hold on. I'll, it I'll, was. Uh, it was uh, Dylan McDermott, I believe. Yeah, that's definitely it. Yeah. I do remember that now. I don't think I've seen that movie since it, whenever it came out, but I remember thinking, like, oh, this, actually. Is, this was actually good. And God knows Will Ferrell has made some not good movies. Mm-hmm. We, I think we talked about that last week, right? Yeah. He's I finally that, watched that trailer for this Eurovision I thing. I think that comes out this week, so. Yeah. Who knows? Okay, it it's called okay. The Campaign. <laughs> Just so. The Campaign, okay. People aren't The like, Debate, I feel like, is a different movie. 66% of Rotten Tomatoes. I'm sure it is a movie out there. And yeah, it was Dylan McDermott, who is his, like, Guy, because it's just funny because Zach, they're both just idiots in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here we go. Major League Baseball has issued a 60 game schedule amid the pandemic. Uh, opening day is set for July 23rd or July 24th. Oh, that makes all the difference. Damn it. For sure, not July 23rd and a yeah. half. What if we lied and it's actually 67 days? We put it in our fucking title already. Well, that's, yeah, that's so we fucked. talk about that on the sports podcast. Yeah, f- that literally just came in on AP News. Well, it came in on us earlier. <laughs> we announced it before AP News, yeah, just so well, everybody listening. They're listening tomorrow, but you know we record a day in advance. So. Yeah, well, they know. Um, but yeah, so John Stewart making this movie. Uh, the trailer doesn't look terrible, but it does just look like, you know, a five other movies we've seen. It's one of the things, I think, along with The King of Staten Island, what would it look like if we were in normal times? 
where these movies go. Like, would they get any more? That one does say going to video on demand and theaters yeah. this Friday. So I don't know what theaters are open. Uh, I haven't seen any open drive drive-in theaters. Yeah. Um, okay, and uh, we did last week make our list of the NIT, and we are going to take this week off of that to fine-tune it and uh, figure some things out. Although I think I'm going to read the field again. You do it. If that uh, if that's all right, so that you can go check out uh, some of these actors if you uh, if you want to be more uh, I guess informed if you want to uh, listen along. So again, our our eight here for the like the runner up the NIT we've got Jessica Chastain, Tom Hanks, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt, Steve Carell, Denzel Washington, Jonah Hill, and Charlize Theron. So. If there's a movie one of those people have made uh, in the last 10 years that, like, oh, I definitely wanted to watch that. I never got around to doing it. Um, you should do that this week. And then uh, maybe we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, before we get into what we're watching, NIT is brought to you by our good friends at Simple Doggy. The dog leash that is quicker and easier, and it works for your dog's current collar or harness. For a limited time, the Tony's Take listener, that's you, you can get 25% off and free shipping when you plug in promo code TONY. That is T-O-N-Y. Head to simpledoggy.com, plug in promo code TONY for 25% off and free shipping because it's the dog leash you've been waiting for. Okay, well, should we get into what we've been watching? Sure. I've got two. All right. I've, I've got at least two. But I feel like I have three. I'm going to find that third so one. Do the somewhere. two that you know of, and then the other one, just pretend you know what it is. Yeah. Uh, right. Give us hints. I don't know. Uh, should I go then? You have the floor. Sure. So one of them I'll just go really quickly because it was what I was talking about. I did watch that like 30 for 30, which is the ESPN films that they always do, which are always I always enjoy them. But it was about the the... Home run season, the 98 season, which was uh, Maguire and Sosa, which a lot of people forget, too, that Grippy hit like 56 or something that year. And that was also the year Brady Anderson hit 50 or not? Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know. I, I remember it was a big year. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was fun to watch because it was, uh, you know, you get to hear it in like their perspectives and stuff. And, uh, you know, they talk about how it was like, you know, Mark Maguire and Sosa, how they were just like kind of fed off one another like it was like kind of easier that they got to do like the media stuff together and stuff and i always laugh thinking like obviously as people that know is the the going into that 98 season the record for most home runs in a season was 61 by roger maris and uh, if anyone has never seen that movie 61 it's actually pretty good because it really shows you like what roger maris had to go through because babe ruth had the original record of 60 and uh, everybody was upset when roger maris was about to break it because they didn't want him to because babe ruth was this big baseball god, and no one really knew who the hell Roger Maris was. I think they were okay if Mickey Mantle would have been able to do it, but they weren't okay with Roger Maris. So he would get death threats and stuff and all this stuff, but he ended up breaking it, got 61. And then uh, it was that infamous year of 98 where Maguire and Sosa, where Maguire got to 62 first and ended up ending the season with 70, and Sammy Sosa ended up ending the season with 66. And I always laugh thinking like it would have been funny because like when McGuire hits that 60-second home run, it was a huge celebration. And they happened to be playing the Cubs that game. And uh, one of the things that's, you know, Sammy, it was a big celebration afterwards. Like Roger Maris's kids were there and McGuire went and hugged uh, his kids. 
And uh, Sammy Sosa even ran in from right field and congratulated him. And I guess uh, they had interviewed with the, the pitcher that tossed up number 62. I forget his name on the Cubs. Started with like a T or something. Some random guy, some nobody. And uh, he said at the time it actually like bugged him that Sosa ran in from right field to go like yeah. congratulate him because he said in his mind like, hey, like, you know, we're, we're playing this team. Like, you know, we're like competing still and whatnot. And because it was September 8th, I believe, when it happened. So it was like, towards the last couple weeks of the season. And I don't remember what the standings were at the time, but it sounds like the, they were kind of competing at least. And, and those teams are absolute hated rivals too. Yeah. So, so it, it, he said it pissed him off, but he said, you know, when he looks back at it now, considering the moment, it doesn't bother him as much. But he said at the, absolute, at the time it bothered him a lot. But I always laugh thinking like, you know, what if, you know, uh, so would have ended up with more home runs. So it was like, oh, we all celebrated uh, – yeah, McGuire getting sixty two before, but it's like, what if what if that season would have ended with McGuire having sixty four and Sosa having sixty six? I mean, you never know. But regardless, it was a fun a uh, fun baseball season. From what I remember, I never really thought that Sosa would catch him. Mm-hmm. It always seemed like he was a bit behind, and it's like, I mean, I guess yeah. it could have if, if an injury. But yeah, I exactly. definitely remember that every day in the newspaper they had that little section oh, yeah. in there, and it was like them two where they are, and yeah, probably Griffey. There's probably a point where I think Griffey might have been projected to pass it as well. Well, there was a uh, – the thing is, though, is there was actually a uh, – there's a cool little graph I saw uh, earlier this week, a few days ago, that actually showed the timeline of all three of them. And it shows all three of them pretty much close, and then it gets to a point where Griffey just completely goes south. But, yeah, you forget that almost three guys hit 60 that year. I mean, it's crazy. And also, I mean, I don't know. It was just – it was a pretty cool uh, little documentary, and it just – you know, it makes you remember those times. Like I miss, like even though there's more home runs hitting baseball today, it's just you don't see those guys hit 60 or 65, 70 anymore. And it was just fun. Like I always say, I always remember when like that year when Barry Bonds ended up breaking. That's the other thing that's crazy too is the Roger Maris year I think was actually in the season 1961 when he broke the Babe Ruth's record. So that record held for over 35 years while Clement, uh, while McGuire's record lasted about three years. Because <laughs> I think it was yeah. 2001 when Bonds broke uh, – broke the record. And that was a season that I remember also. It's like, I remember like whenever he would come up to the plate, it'd be like ESPN, it'd be sports center. And they'd be like, all right, well, Barry Bonds is coming up. So we're going to go live to like San Francisco. And it was like, you know, every time he came up to the plate, everybody I remember would stop what they're doing and go watch and be like, is this guy getting hit another home run? And it was just like, it was just awesome. And then, so it all, it is always fun when you, you see those like home run chasing years. I mean, I just, obviously not this year, but I mean, I hope sometime in the near future we do get a player that can at least flirt with the possibility of does he have a chance at least to flirt with 73 or at least break 60? So here's a big the, part. Who was the last guy to hit 60? I don't know. I don't know if anyone has since. Was it Sosa again? I feel like Sosa hit 60. I think he did hit multiple that. times after that. But um, one of the things you didn't mention here and one of the reasons I don't think we'll ever see 73 and why we should see 60 as being important is of course that those three guys yeah, cheated, steroids, yeah. Which I heard is not that big of a part of that movie. Which I guess it's more about how we felt during that moment more yeah. than the aftermath. But obviously that's a big part of that story. So I think I think there still could be a lot of excitement if someone were to um, get close to sixty again. And I do feel like someone did. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to look it up right now. I mean, this actually. year Pete Alonso hit fifty, and that was super exciting. Yeah. So. But I want to say someone hit like fifty-eight. Someone recently, Chris Davis. Was up there one year, I believe. All right, so let's see. The last, 
No, the closest I'm seeing to that was there's 50, let's see, 54. Um, let's see, since 2000. Since Bonds hit 73, the most I've seen is right here is 58 by Ryan Howard in 2006. Yeah, oh, no, 59. Stanton in 2017. That's right. Uh, he right. was close. I remember that now. So Ryan Howard and Giancarlo Stanton have been the closest. And then the American League side, there was 54 twice by Alex Rodriguez and uh, Miguel Cabrera in 2007-2008. Am I stupid about Chris Davis here? He hit 53 one year. Okay. Yeah, no, he definitely hit over 50 one year. I remember that. Well, <laughs> so you enjoyed it? I did, yeah. I did. So it still made you feel like like it was not tainted? Yeah, I mean, honestly, just because it's like it was just, it's exciting. So, I mean, yeah, I know it's tainted. I mean, whatever. And uh, it sucks that they had to like cheat, but it's like it was still entertaining. I mean, that's what was, that's what was exciting was those big home run seasons. But, uh, and then the other thing I watched was uh, I finally saw I, Tanya. Watched nice. it last night and it was good. I honestly, I don't know why I thought there was just more to that story. Like I didn't realize that her like boyfriend was such a psychopath and it was basically like him and his friend that like basically, or basically more so the friend that ordered like the major hit. Like, you know, they were supposed to supposedly only do like death letters and then ended up like full on, like breaking the chick's kneecap. Also what I feel like they never talk about was that was to make her qualify for the team that that chick that got the knee broken still ended up going to the Olympics and placing third or second or something. Yeah. So I feel like, I, like when I heard that, I was like, why is the movie not about her? <laughs> that seems more incredible in my opinion. The fact that this woman broke her knee and then still ended up getting to go back and place second while Tanya Harding, I know was like, you know, she came from the, you know, the mom that like never loved her. And like, even the one time where she thought maybe she did love her, she finds out she's uh, wearing a wire and stuff. So it's like that really fucked with her. And I saw at the end too. And this was in like nine, like, you know, this takes place like in the nineties that still to this day, they haven't like talked or made contact. Mm -hmm. And her mom is still alive at 80 years old. And the actress won a best supporting actress for the Oscars that year, which well-deserved. I mean, she played her very well. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But I mean, when I just look at that more, so I'm like, there should be more talked about the Nancy Cardigan chick. Is, is there a 30 for 30 on that? I feel like there is. There Gotta probably be. is. There's but definitely I, a real documentary because they do it in a way of like a documentary at times yeah. in that movie. I, I thought the same thing that that's a, such an interesting story of the, the two rivals from different backgrounds yeah. and then how, where that actually went to be like, that's a common story of all oh, these two people there. And I think they were actually, they were friendly like before yeah, all that. They were friends. Um, I think she just watched, she just tried to make the team because she knew it was corrupt for her. Yeah. Which it was. And it's sad to say that. I mean, the judge even admits it to her when he says, you're just not the, for this sport and representing our country, your lifestyle is just not what we want representing. And it's, it's sad that because of how your lifestyle is, that there's no father figure. He, you know, he got up and left. The mom is crazy and doesn't like love you at all. The husband's abusive or the boyfriend's abusive. And it's, you're basically in a way she was basically like white trash, even though she lived up, they were up in like Portland area or whatever, but yeah, there's rural areas everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But she was like the kind of the white trash type image. And it wasn't that good American looking image that the United States wanted representing their women's ice skating team at the time. And it's a bummer because she obviously was the first to ever land the triple axle for women. So it was, uh, you know, she was definitely one of the best and it's a bummer that, you know, she just had a 
rough upbringing, not the best upbringing and whatnot, but good movie nonetheless. I mean, it was definitely entertaining. Yeah, I haven't seen that in oh, years, but I enjoyed it. I do remember the last one, Andy, but I won't go to talk too much about it because it, it was the movie you said last week. I actually ended up watching it Tuesday night when after we were done with the podcast, but the uh, whatever goes west, Ingrid goes Ingrid west. Ingrid goes west. Weird movie. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just so but it, weird, but also so like true. Like there's definitely got to be women out there and maybe not just women. That's not fair for me to say. Some men also probably that you do obsess with someone over Instagram that's Instagram famous. And then you end up trying to like find them and you're able yeah. to find them because these people post so much. A lot of these people post like, Oh, I'm at this gym and it's like, you're going to get those weird stalker fans. And then she becomes friends with them. And then it turns out that like, no, you're, you're fucking crazy, but it, it's definitely a realistic thing in today's world with how social media is and how there are people out there that do obsess over people that they've never met. And it's, uh, Teach their own. I mean, it's I can't. It's not fair for me to say that it's too weird because everybody's battling something. But it's definitely uh, interesting. But it also captures the other side there. With are these people who show their lives on Instagram? How happy are they? And oh, exactly. How fake are they? How well, we see that all the time. Like we used to see yeah. it with like that that guy had the documentary, the ugly Russian Jew or whatever he said his, his name was. Oh, and that Netflix doc? Yeah, how he talked about it. He's like, this isn't fun. He's like, you know, I'm throwing up in the airports all the time, like throwing up blood and stuff because this guy's literally just fucking like drinking himself to death every night. And honestly, I don't see anything from him anymore. Really? I don't even, yeah. I mean, I don't. It's probably aged out of that. I mean, how old is he? You can only take so much, I feel like. But he was always really like interesting to listen to and stuff. But yeah, I don't see him at all anymore on anything. Yeah, Andy, how many did you watch? Uh, I got three outside of our movie of the week but they're not that much to talk about okay you want to go sure i watched a documentary that was free on youtube i think it's on netflix as well uh it's a national geographic documentary called la 92 about the 92 riots i think i saw something about that pop up so I haven't it, just, watched it, it came up on my recommended on youtube and i'm like sure it's free um i love la history which uh coincides with one of my other things i watched um but um I, I think everyone knows parts of that story. I think there's everyone knows Rodney King, and I think everyone knows OJ, which is not necessarily part of that story, but it's kind of like the the epilogue to that story, what happened there. But just the, the lead-up, I didn't know everything about the lead-up to that. And, uh, I mean, it talks about the, the Watts riots in the 60s and then about um, things that happened in the 80s, the, the election of the first black mayor, but then how the people were still disappointed that... Black people were still being mistreated and then, you know, about this police chief. And then there was a a Korean liquor store owner who uh, killed a black teenage girl. Basically, she thought she was going to rob her or something, but actually just pulled a gun on her and shot her from behind. And that person actually got let off like they were given probation. Whoa. So that became a big deal. Conflicts between the the black and Korean communities. And uh, yeah, just how then it all went off and it's like. It's like, yeah, I think we all know about that, but don't know all the in-depth about that. So it was uh, interesting. Hmm. Okay. And especially about the... Because, I mean, that's the whole thing everyone knows, the Rodney King beating, but then also that the cops were uh, not... They were innocent or whatever you want to say. They were declared innocent by the jury, and that's what set that whole thing off. I believe Sinbad yells Rodney King and jingle all the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is definitely a, uh, a part of history that... Everyone knows about it. that's that's the guy who the cops beat. Always be remembered that. 
But interesting documentary. And it sounds like it. I watched another documentary on Father's Day because I was over barbecuing my parents' house and I didn't have uh, control over what to watch. Oh boy, it was a whole day barbecue. It was real a documentary barbecue. about Bill O'Reilly. No, no, it was it was something that was interesting. I believe you actually. I think you watched it. It's a montage of Heck, the Kurt Cobain documentary. It's on HBO. Is that? I don't think I've watched that. I watched. I thought you a watched. Gus Van Sant oh, okay. movie, you the movie. The, right. like the final days or whatever. I don't okay. think I ever watched a doc. How old is it? Uh, like four years old, I think. I don't think so. Maybe. So it's a lot of like, you know, his journals that they're talking about. <laughs> it's some of the story of Nirvana, some of uh, the stories of Kurt and they're good parts. Obviously the music, whenever they, they will do a scene set to some of his weird art with music and they aren't just playing the biggest songs um it's but it's not just like a straight up oh here's the story of nirvana which might have been more interesting there's a whole section of the movie that's like home videos of kurt and courtney love and i did not enjoy that at all i you know when people are like drunk or high and it's not funny it's actually uncomfortable because you think they're gonna like do something yeah that's what that felt like even though this is way Mm -hmm. in the past obviously it just like i don't like watching these people and they were even like making fun of themselves that everyone thinks they're high. And so they're very self-aware of their image. Huh. Um, no, I definitely have not seen this. But that's not, it was like, I don't like that. <laughs> uh, so I would say it's hit or miss. But if you're, if you're a huge Nirvana fan, you probably already checked this out. Um, if you're not, then I don't know how much this is for you. I'm a Nirvana fan, but I don't need yeah. to be a mega fan. I like listening to their, you know, studio edits on that, you know, it's 90 track what? release from 2010 or something. Yeah. I thought it was funny that uh, it is still such a, a strange thing where the, the Dave Grohl wasn't on it, but the bass player was. Yeah. How interesting it is that. So they were all in the biggest band in the world that moment. The front man kills himself. One guy becomes the next biggest rock star of all time. And the other guy is nobody. It's so like fascinating. Like I'm sure that guy's made doesn't do anything the rest of his life. Oh yeah, but it's still like well, I mean, so weird. Not I mean, <clears throat> with like the Beatles, like Ringo Starr was a lot less than like Paul McCartney and George Harrison. I feel like I think he's still way more famous than. Oh yeah, no one you know his name. Yeah, no one even knows who the <laughs> what was the guy the bassist then. Yeah, it's I, kind of funny. I'm just saying how it would be like. I mean, Paul McCartney was had a good post career, and John Lennon. Would have probably had a better one before dying, but he also he had ten years after the Beatles and wasn't that relevant. But the Foo Fighters are probably of the twenty years after Nirvana, Mm -hmm. probably maybe the biggest band of that era. It's like this guy, not even close. You know, they get into a good bit of Nirvana in the Scar Tissue book, just from running along with them. I think they even toured with them for a minute uh, early, early on. Yeah, they did in like eighty nine or something. and so that was pretty crazy, just hearing like little things uh, in that book. Yeah. What was your third? Uh, Perry Mason on HBO. I have that as well. So Is that a, an old show? Like uh, that name sounds yes. so, so here, old. Here's the context. And, uh, Perry Mason was a lawyer show from the 50s. I knew it. Okay. So Perry Mason was a defense attorney, and I think that character lived on forever. It's I, like a novel thing. I got an email from HBO saying, new tonight, Perry Mason. Yeah. I was like, well, should I tell my grandma? Yeah. <laughs> but I watched so, it too. So that's what I was. I just always assumed Perry Mason was a detective because all those shows are always detectives. 
And then when I told my dad, like, oh, they're doing this Perry Mason thing, and it's a detective show. He's like, a t- detective show? And he's a lawyer. And I'm like, what? I think it's a detective show. And then it definitely is a detective show. Mm-hmm. It's very much uh, L.A. It's L.A. noir. That's a very... Which, so they had a trolley? That's that's real. I've been on that. Really? Yeah. You were in the 30s? They, so I, I had to look what? it up. No, no, I had to look it up. It's, it is a real thing. No I, way. I have been on it. Because when they first like show him, it's like, oh, he's in San Francisco, but it's going to f- drive yeah. down no, it's here. It's very famous, Angel's Flight. It's huh. relatively famous. I don't know uh, anything about LA. So when we were watching it, I was like, because we had all been on it, like my family was watching with them, and we're like, that's a terrible recreation of it. That's not what that looks like at all. <laughs> and then I looked up the history. Actually, that's what it looked like. They actually moved it in the 60s, like two blocks over. Ah. So actually it did like the one now is just in a park and it just goes down. How this one was like up against apartment buildings there. Yeah. That's how it was. Which is a big part of the plot. Huh. Yeah. Um but I was like, that's not real, that's bullshit. But it was in, in 1930 it was like that. So interesting. I also notice and I don't know if I ever did the review of what I was watching on this, but uh the main guy, Perry Mason, is the guy that was in uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Yes. I know that. that. The reason I'm watching this is because of that. Mm. He's the star of The Americans, a show I absolutely loved. Ah. And I'm like, I'll watch with this. I'll, I'll follow this guy's career. And I'm happy to see him get something high profile again. I mean, he did win the Emmy for Best Actor. He did end up winning that. So that's that's something to say for that yeah. show. Didn't get a ton of attention, but... Yeah, I never saw it. Um, definitely people recognize that, oh, this guy's actually really good. So, uh, And I mean, there's the first episode. It did feel long. I think it was like 58 minutes or something like that. Um. But laid some good groundwork. Yeah, setting something up. John Lithgow. Yeah, love that. Yeah, I was in with that. Uh, Shea Wiggum. He's always a cop. I was going to say uh, we should have added him to the NIT. Yeah, because he's in like 900 things. He's good in everything he's in. Yeah. And he's in so much now. I wonder, has he ever even been like second billing in anything though? He's always no. like... He's, That's a great sixth guy to have on your team. Yeah, he's, he's a, a sixth man. He's, he's a young Sam Rockwell <laughs> yeah. in his career. He's probably older than him. I, I, in his career, yeah. he's he's a young Sam Rockwell. Yeah. I'm also looking forward to uh, Tatiana Maslany is second billing in the show, and she wasn't even in this episode. Who's she? She was in the show Orphan Black, where she plays a bunch of different clones, and she was fantastic. I don't and know that person. I don't, she hasn't been in much else. But since so she's a fantastic actress, and I believe she's playing the head of that like weird church that uh, the T one thousand is in. That was cool too. Yeah. yeah. Like, fuck yeah. <laughs> so yeah, good cast right away. That's always Yeah, I mean it's but, HBO. Yeah, HBO has unlimited money. You're not gonna go wrong with HBO. They're getting everyone's fifteen bucks a month. Okay. Yeah. Well, so that's all you have? Yeah. And that's mine. So I only have one other. And uh, I watched Green Book. All right, yeah. The uh, Vigo Mortensen and yeah. Mahershala Ali. Um, w- w- a very interesting name, by the way. Everyone in here, say Mahershala. Mahershala. Tony? Mahershala. There you go. We got it. And the listener, too. It's just it's unique. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was funny. It's a Peter Farrelly movie, mm-hmm. which I would never have expected him. Classic Farrelly road trip movie. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's exactly There's what There's a time they went to the bathroom at the wrong time, and he's like, oh, no. Yeah. I got big uh, gulps. <laughs> it's it was very good. It's phenomenal music, and in fact, I even added this guy Don Shirley uh, trio on Apple Music. Uh, pretty impressive, um, but just another you know, kind of crazy. Like it's the South. It's the '60s, uh, or is it not even the '60s? I don't remember. 
I it watched was 50s it. or 60s. Uh, yeah, something yeah. like that. Uh, just crazy time. But fun anyway. movie. It's not like it's it's not like just Mercy by any means because it's a, a Peter Farrelly movie. Yeah, so it it did win Best Picture. If it did. So I did not know that. It was controversial because it's it's a more of a fun movie. It does tackle some serious issues, but it's very more much more lighthearted when people yeah. are like, "Hey, this shit was actually terrible. You shouldn't have too much fun with this." Um, but it's a fun movie and good performances. It gets viewers, mm-hmm. and the message still comes across. Yeah, definitely. I don't understand, and I get it, it was the, back then and their rules and whatever, like, they wouldn't let him eat in the same place as these dickheads, but they'll go watch him play? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? I don't know, that was Some ridiculous. weird rules. But then I'll like tell that. you what, I love that when he goes to the bar where they're like, you'll be more comfortable over there, and he jams. Oh, that was so cool. Yeah. So those are the only two things I really watched this yeah. week. Uh, Other yeah. than our shitbox movie, in that movie Viggo Mortensen in the beginning, he's a bouncer at the the club from Goodfellas. <laughs> oh, is, is that right? Uh, he was good in that, and all I see for him is just Eastern Promises because I think that was his movie. Like, can't he, get that dick out of your mind. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> I could more so. I had the there's, tattoos. There's, there's a lot of dick in that. Yeah, there, I forgot a lot of us. What I forgot about that. Andy. What movie is this? Eastern Promises. They go to a, a Russian bathhouse. I didn't remember that. <laughs> I just That's remember. All I remember. How gnarly oh, wow. it is. Tell us, Andy. <laughs> there was some dick in Perry Mason. I was very surprised by yeah, that. Yeah, that was disgusting. Oh, I had to watch that with my parents, and I'm like, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> quickly. There was two. Uh, then his sex scene was also on. Was that that was Father's Day too? So you're like, yeah. Mom, I'm done with my pie. Yeah, we literally had pie. <laughs> <laughs> there were two uncomfortable sex scenes in that. I think the second one was actually the second more one was weird. It was like, it was just it was supposed to be gross. How is it even possible? It was a depressed guy having sex and it was not fun. I thought he died. Yeah, <laughs> it was just weird. He fell between the bed and the wall. The toy I, I bed. did that. In a hotel where the, you can't actually move it. It almost got <laughs> stuck. It was terrible. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so tune in to Perry Mason. I'll be uh, curious to see what happens uh, this weekend. Okay, should we get into the last days of American crime? Yeah. Did I even get the title right? I think that's it. I was watching this, and uh, the whole time I just was thinking the scene in the social network where he's asking if he has all of his attention. It's like, you have my minimal attention. You don't deserve my full attention. That movie was sheer garbage in not a good way at all. Yeah. I wish it uh, leaned into its badness more. Yeah. Um, I wish everyone was Michael Pitt in that movie. Cause I think Michael Pitt knew this is a fucking shit movie and I'm just going to be weird. He was the, uh, you know, Rich kid, gangster, whatever guy. And you know what? I liked him in... He's in Funny Games. Yes. And he is so good in that movie. Yeah. Um, that's a great movie from 2007, by the way. If you haven't seen it, Tony, you absolutely should. What's it called again? Funny, Funny Games. Games. Funny Games? Tim Roth, hmm. Naomi Watts, and Michael Pitt. Um, it's pretty crazy. It makes you mad. Hmm. Kind of scary, I guess suspenseful but yes uh once i figured out that was him uh i enjoyed his parts he was very loud and it it wasn't 
it could have been better. Like the, I mean, the script is shit. But he's like, "This is our money." He says it like four times, and he has that fucking titanium Humvee. Yeah, there's, there's some, that, that ridiculous stuff. I would have preferred. Um, the premise itself could have been a fun, stupid movie. Uh, the idea that like, oh, the government's going to wipe out crime by sending out a, a signal into people's brains, and so we got to pull off one last heist. And I think it would have been cool if they like explored how that technology works and people behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But it was like really not that no, deep was, of a scheme. No, never saw any of that. It wasn't really much of a scheme. It was like, hey, we're just going to knock out one of those towers and it'll give us bias a little bit of time. And then we'll go to Canada. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, a lot of things happen that I don't think are even relevant and why they do this. Uh, the Charlotte Copley character, he was the cop there, the guy from District 9. Absolutely irrelevant. Yeah. It was fucking... It was also that... He could be killed at the end. I'm sorry for spoiling this movie, but cares. There's no, no one here needs to even. Like, it just sucked. There was so it's not like the room. We thought, oh, maybe it'd be so bad like the room. Yeah, the sex scene might have been like as bad as the room uh, in the bathroom. Yeah, it was so bad. And then there's EDM Iggy Pop and the Stooges playing, <laughs> and I was like, I'd never needed something less in my life. It was so dumb. But I think it also it definitely needed one other semi-famous person to help it carry it. It doesn't need to be like a good person or someone who's like relevant. Like if you had like Michael Madsen show up or something and do some dumb shit as like a secondary bad guy. Yeah. Um, you just need something like just that. Just to give it something else. Yeah. Um, or like Dolph Lundgren comes out and it's like, oh, fuck, we got to fight Dolph Lundgren. He's too smart to be in this movie. <laughs> just something. I counted also. I actually had to go back and just... Because I was watching, I was like, wait, this is ridiculous. And I went, rewound it and counted. At the end, toward the end, when he's left for dead, Edgar Ramirez, and he gets up and grabs the gun and starts shooting the two cops that are about to drive away, he fires 25 shots into that car (laughs) on a handgun. And I looked it up. Future guns. 12 to 18 rounds, according to Google search. Takes place in the year 20. 22 i think so yeah uh actually no extended clip in the thing speaking of uh talking about the future things being more like crazy i just saw a pretty funny post that said if it was the year 1950 people would have been like man in 70 years i think there's going to be flying cars and then instead it shows 2020 and just says this syrup is racist (laughs) it's like that's pretty funny (laughs) we're advancing good yeah this was not a good look at the future although it I mean, yeah, there's, there's an interesting question about if the government can stop crime by shooting waves into your head, is that even ethical? They do not exploring that shit at all. It's not about, you'd think there'd be like a terrorist group who's like, we got to fucking shut this down. But instead, people are like, we should probably loot this last week. Yeah. Um, I looked on IMDb looking for goofs or inaccuracies, anything like that, because I love that kind of thing. And I figured there's going to be a billion on this piece of shit. All of them were like, I'm pretty sure, no, they're in Detroit. That's supposed to be Detroit. Like, that's what had, all of them said. So I had the same thought because I'm like, this looks like San Francisco or something. And but then they're I was escaping like, to Canada. They're going to Canada. It's like, it's got to be Detroit. But I think it was like filmed in Johannesburg. I think I read. It's like, yeah. I don't think that, I don't think the guy, the cop leaves Johannesburg. Yeah. You got to come to that's him. True. That's true. That's probably why he was in it. Yeah. He's already there. Yeah. <laughs> But, oh, just awful. And uh, like I said, I'm surprised Momoa wasn't in it because... He would have given something to it, I think. Mm. 
He would have smirked at the camera. You and, like, couldn't have given less, like, put it to you that way. Edgar Ramirez is like a Spanish version of Momoa. Yeah. I think Momoa is just like Hawaiian, right? He's I'm not some sure sort exactly what he is, yeah. <clears throat> I'll find out. Uh, but yeah, and way too long. Two and a half hours? Yeah, that's, that's a crime. <laughs> that's why I, I it lost my attention. I couldn't well, do Especially it. because it seemed like, all right, you set it all from, up. He is from Hawaii. Nanu Kuli. Huey. So there you have it. <laughs> Didn't it seem like the movie was set up ready for their heist at, at the end of the first hour? And then they went on like a side trip to the guy's dad's house. Yeah. And all this shit. And I was like, you could have concluded this movie in an hour and fucking set up the heist already. Just do the heist. Like, and it was like, but no, we were going to do something else. And they needlessly sexualized that woman. It was like creepy. Well, you could tell this just written by like a dumb guy uh, who was like, I don't know. So Uh, the guy, one of the guys who's credited on the screenplay, they said he was the showrunner of Stranger Things for season one, which has very high approval ratings. And he also like, he wrote a couple other like real movies, and it's like, what the fuck happened here? Is this Carl Gudzik? Yeah, yeah. He also wrote Oblivion. Yeah, it's a real respectable Tom Cruise movie. Well, he obviously he he did a draft of the screenplay, and they put his name like hey, this guy did a real thing. <laughs> Had a concussion or something when he wrote this. The, the director made Taken Three. That was his like big credit. Taken yeah. Three is the fucking horrible. How did he ruin the Taken franchise so badly in Taken Three? He also Sucks. did Transporter Three. <laughs> Never no, seen. he directed Taken 2 also. Yeah, Taken 2 was fine. Not the best, but Taken 3 just sucks. And it did have that like film over, like Michael Bay likes to do, where it's like the colors are deep blues yeah. and greens and shit. Uh, when I first started it, I was like, oh, this is just Transporter. I was like, where's Statham? <laughs> oh, it was terrible. Movies get made. Anyone can make any movie now. Never think you can't, because Netflix will buy it and make it. Yeah. Okay, and yeah, we don't have a movie recommendation for this week. Yeah, so that's why there's plenty of time to go watch a movie from Denzel Washington or mm-hmm. Steve Carell or from yeah. our list. And The Office doesn't count for Steve Carell. Well, you can watch it still. Can't, can't tell you not to. It <laughs> doesn't count. Yeah, it does not count. You can watch it, of course, but it doesn't count. This is right. If you're one of those people who watches The Office, nothing's stopping you. Just how no, it goes. No, of course. But we're just saying it doesn't count. Yeah. All right, well, I think that'll wrap us up. You've been listening to episode 176 of the Tony's Take podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and share with a friend. I'm Sean, and join with me, we had Afro Andy. Bye. And the Tony Cats. Yes, thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for uh, listening and continuing to listen and tell your friends.